0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to Online Church. I want to mention a couple priorities that we have at East Bay Calvary right to begin with. Number one, we love God. And number two, we love people. So to help develop these priorities, I invite you to our website, eastbaycalvary.org. And when you get on there, fill out the connection card that's a part of today's service, And more than online services, kind of what's at the core of our ministry are online communities. And we would love for you to plug into an online community. So on that connection card, mention that you'd like to be a part of an online community where we Zoom together or text together, connect with one another. It's important, especially in today's shelter-in-place community, that we have the opportunity to know each other Or if you don't fill out the connection card, email us at office at eastbaycalvary.org and we will plug you into a group. The other thing that we would love, love for you to do on our website is go to the Give tab. And it's not merely just for us. Beyond our regular general fund offering, the big deal at East Bay Calvary and loving people is our Helping Hand Fund. And we are establishing ourselves as a resource to be able to help people in our church and our community, especially those that are vulnerable, those that will be losing their jobs and have special needs. We want to be able to be in a position to help them. And here's a way for our church community and online community to come together to set aside resources to be able to help those with very special needs during this unique time in our world. So note that Helping Hand Fund As we collect funds together. Hey, last week we started talking about what if. And there were a whole lot of what ifs that we talked about. A few of the what ifs in the negative way. What if school was canceled? Well, check that one off. What if church was canceled and our gatherings together? What if restaurants were closed? Or some people are even concerned about what if I get the virus? What if I lose my job? What if my money dries up? There's so many negative what ifs. Well, last week we flipped the script and we talked about the what if in the positive. What if there's something really good behind all of this? What if God has a purpose that we can't quite see yet? What if he's going to use all of this to do something through you or in your home or in your family, or in your life, or in your neighborhood, or in your church family that is so incredible. And we asked this question, what if your struggle is God's strategy to change your world? And we talked about that from the book of Acts in chapter 1, verse 8. And then we looked at Acts chapter 8, verses 1 to 4. And essentially what we found out is that the church grew exponentially in Acts 1 through Acts 6, all in Jerusalem. It grew to about 30,000 people. But God designed the church not only to grow in Jerusalem, but also Judea, Samaria, and then to the uttermost parts of the earth. But the church was clustered in Jerusalem. So from there, something big happened in Acts chapter 8. And what happened is persecution came. And the text mentions that when this persecution came, that the people began to scatter, the church began to scatter. And it mentions that they went to two main places, Judea and Samaria, just like God intended from the very beginning. And so we began to see that God's intention through their struggle, he had a strategy. And it was to impact significantly Change their world, and he did exactly that. What if your struggle is God's strategy to change your world? And it is. This week we talk about a different what if. Today I want to do a second what if, and this one is not quite as popular as last week's what if. This week's what if is this What if crisis? Conditions your message for maximum impact. Let me mention it again. What if crisis conditions your message for maximum impact? I want us to think about that Acts chapter 8 passage again. What if this persecution was not only God's strategy? To increase the geographical range of his message. But it also increased the personal impact of his message. So I want to read for you these verses again from Acts chapter 8 verses 1 through 5. And listen along as I read through these. It says, on that day a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church going house to house. He dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. And catch these phrases. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. And Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. Now think of the crisis that was going on for this early church. Just imagine this for a moment. There was great persecution the text mentions. It also mentioned this text. They were just doing a funeral for their church leader Stephen who was stoned to death by Saul and the religious leaders. Number three, there was imprisonment. It mentions that they were dragging away men and women out of their homes and these house churches and taking them to prison. And then number four, it mentions these people were losing their homes. They were were insecure. They were running for their lives. And so we can understand that this was a big deal. And this was way more than just a strategy to spread the range of the gospel it also conditioned the message of the gospel for maximum impact because there's nothing, and and get this, there's nothing that gets the attention of people more than discomfort. There's nothing that gets the attention of people more than pain or more than crisis, whether in themselves or in other people. It awakens people. Crisis awakens people to a message. Now, C.S. Lewis has a great quote. He says, God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks to us in our conscience, but he shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Pain insists on being attended to. Pain puts us in a spot where we just can't let it go cared for. And, and I think you know what I'm talking about. When, when we get in pain, we've, we've got to lay down or, you know, we give in and finally go to the doctor. Or we have to take that medicine. Or even for some people, we end up having to get that surgery if you came to my house in our one closet, we actually have a tote and it's about this big and it's it's full of uh, cold medicine and flu medicine and cough medicine and pain medicine and ointment for different infections and band-aids. And, and then we even have a little uh, different area where we have some some of the oils because we've gotten into some of those things that help with different ailments. And, and then we even have some different teas that kind of help with different issues that we may have. And, but sometimes some things linger or get intense enough. And, and we just say, you know what, that, that's enough. I can't take it any longer. I'm going to the doctor. I need to get some full-strength stuff because... It's too painful. It's too difficult. And and our culture is allergic to pain. Or sometimes there's emotional pain. And we need to talk to somebody. We need to get counseling or we need to pray with somebody. And, And it's just reality. When there's pain, when there's a crisis, we stop. When there's a crisis going on, we, we stop, we listen, everyone stops, everyone listens. It doesn't matter whether you're the one going through it or not. The reality is people stop when there's someone in pain. Everyone stops, everyone listens, everyone pays attention. And so I asked the question this morning, what if crisis conditions your message For maximum impact now I want to show you here in the text I believe the persecution sure it impacted the range of the gospel that was spread but it also impacted the essence of the message people knew this was serious because people going through crisis were the same ones that were delivering the message they knew it was important now now watch what happened In Acts 8, although these people were running for their lives, they were the ones delivering the message about Jesus. And what happened in the end was incredible impact. Listen to what the text says. In chapter 8, verse 6, it says, When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. Listen to verse 12. They believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. Then verse 13, Simon, who was a sorcerer in Samaria, it says Simon himself believed and was baptized. And then verse 14, it says when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria... Had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. So here's the reality. The crisis that was going on in the early church was conditioning their message. There was a tremendous impact that was going on as they went throughout Samaria. And and the truth is, oftentimes in crisis, we like to cocoon. We like to curl up. We'd rather go internal. But the reality is our crisis is often a fantastic conditioning moment. It's it's almost like a volume knob or a lighting switch and God is turning up the sound or he is turning up the wattage on our lighting of his message when we focus outwardly and portray his message with love And peace and joy in a world that is so desperately needing to experience it. Now as I was thinking about crisis conditioning our message for maximum impact. I was immediately thinking of Nick Voyacic. And I'm not sure if you've ever heard of him. But let me tell you if you've never heard of Nick. You're never going to forget about him after three minutes from now. He was born without arms and legs. And you're going to see his incredible story and ministry on lifewithoutlimbs.org. But if you want an example of how God uses crisis to condition your message for maximum impact, let's just take a moment together. Watch this video with me.
1: I was born in Melbourne, Australia, 1982, and my parents had no idea that I was going to be born without arms or legs. I was the only one that I ever saw without limbs. My faith in Jesus Christ was sealed after seven years of wondering why God I was born this way. Uh, He answered me very clearly through John chapter nine. And I gave my life to Jesus at 15 after reading about how he came across a man who was born blind. And I'm like, hey, hold on a second. This looks interesting. (laughs) And no one knew why he was born that way. I'm like, perfect. So I read on and in verse 3 of the ninth chapter, Jesus said, It was done so that the works of God would be revealed through Him. And I'm like, wow, God, if you had a plan for the blind man, you do have a plan for me. And that was the beginning of my personal relationship with Jesus. Youth groups were starting to call me. Churches were starting to call me. Opportunities were opening up everywhere for me to share my testimony. I was speaking in front of 300 sophomore public high school students. Three minutes into it, half the girls were crying. One girl in the middle of the room started weeping. She put up her hand and she said, I'm so sorry to interrupt, but can I come up there and give you a hug? in front of everyone. She came and she hugged me. She cried on my shoulder and whispered in my ear. No one's ever told me that they love me. No one's ever told me that I'm beautiful the way that I am. I couldn't believe it. It changed my life. That was when I knew I was called to be a Worldwide Evangelist. Today, do not leave your
0: unchanged. Leave your unchanged.
1: You don't know what God can do with your broken pieces until you give God your broken pieces. And I want you to know when you fall down, God's grace is sufficient. God's hand will come down and pick you up. By the grace of God we have seen face to face a half a million souls say yes to Jesus and be plugged into a local church. As crazy as it sounds, our goal at Life Without Limbs Ministry is to preach to every single soul on the planet, 7 billion people. We believe that this goal is possible as the Holy Spirit is gathering an army and building up supporters to send us. And accomplish this mission.
0: Okay, now if that doesn't get you, I don't know what will. If you want some more inspiration today, Google lifewithoutlimbs.org and if you want to be convicted, um, watch his video, What's Your Excuse? I think it'll touch your heart but can we talk about this what if crisis conditions your message for maximum impact well it does it does in a huge way and I thought of a couple factors that can help you and I as we navigate through some unique times in our society today So think about these with me, would you? If we're to have maximum impact with our message, number one, focus on others and not your crisis. Focus on others and not your crisis. And and I can't think of a better example of this than Jesus Christ because the Bible mentions that the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So here's God the Son, Jesus Christ, who deserves all worship, who deserves all obedience, who deserves all service and all recognition, and he comes to earth. And the text mentions instead of him getting all of that, he turns around and focuses on others. And that was his whole mission. He focused his life on others, he focused his death on others. And that's why people, even in his day, those who were outcasts of society, the least like him, liked him. And it's one of the reasons why we continue even to worship him now, is he focused on us and gave his life for us. And Often in crisis, we could be wrapped up in ourselves. But instead, when we're thinking about others, that grabs their attention. And I'd like to say, watch our attitude at all times. Crisis and pain can bring out some crabbiness in all of us focus on others with love and joy and peace and patience right through these times of crisis and and we can't come to a church building so our focus must be on others right where you're at at home and your neighbors and your co-workers and your friends and so focus on others not your crisis don't cocoon your impact and here's number two And Acts chapter 8 just nails this not only focus on others not your crisis number two focus on the message and not your crisis focus on the message and not your crisis And I want to point it out, it's as plain as day in the text, in Acts 8. The message is, and it says it in multiple places in these ways. The message is the word, it says in verse 1. It is the Messiah. It is the good news of Jesus. It is the name of Jesus. And so the message that we give, that we're to focus on, Is the message of Jesus Christ here's what it is the message is he loves you the message is he died on the cross for you that we can't save ourselves we can't rescue ourselves that's why he went to the cross he died as our sinless substitute to bear our penalty in our place and the truth is We need to put our faith and our belief and our trust in Jesus Christ alone for our forgiveness. He's the reason we have hope and peace and confidence and love throughout this time. No matter what's going on out there, we have confidence and hope and assurance in here because we know that we are forgiven. Because he paid for our sin on the cross when he died in our place for our sin, for our wrong. And so ultimately, that's our message. Our message is about him. It's not about us. It's not about our world. It's not about our government. It's not about finding hope anywhere else except for Jesus. That's the message these people in Acts 8 took to Jerusalem and Judea And Samaria and friends it's the same message that you and I take to our world today speaking of focusing on the message and not the crisis catch this one Jesus was all about it even on the cross when he was going through the height of his personal pain he said father forgive them for they know not what they do that is focusing on message that's focusing on others. And not even on his personal pain. And maybe you're at a point today. Maybe you're at a point where you realize you need to have genuine belief in Jesus. Not just religion, not just going to a church. You need to truly believe in Jesus, that he died for you. That he died to forgive you of your sin that he's the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by him. Maybe you realize today you need to give your life to him and follow him, and what I want to encourage you, you can talk to him right there, right in your home, right in front of your TV, right in front of your phone or your computer, and in your heart express that you understand that you're a sinner that Jesus died on the cross for you. And you can mention to God that you give your life to him, that you want to follow him, that you accept his forgiveness and his love and pray that in the name of Jesus Christ. And then what I'd love for you to do on that connection card that we're gonna mention even on this link here with our page today Talk to us. We would love to connect with you. We would love to take this farther. We'd love to be a resource for you and help you to love God and love people right along with us here at East Bay Calvary. And here's how I want to finish with us here today, church. No one's sitting on the bench anymore. We're all in the game together. Focus on others focus on the message you may need to shelter in place for now but don't shelter your love don't shelter your joy don't shelter your peace don't shelter your message in place these all need to get out because what if crisis conditions your message for maximum impact in your world they need to get it let's give it to them in just a minute your hosts are gonna come and wrap up with a few more thoughts but before they do let me pray with you father we take a moment and we thank you for a message that changes people it changes us from the inside out. God, thank you for a message. It's all about Jesus. That he died on the cross for our sin. And even though we were insufficient to care for our wrong, his death is sufficient as he died in our place so that we can be fully forgiven. God, I pray that you would help us like him to be outward focused, focused on others. Help us not to curl up and cocoon, but help us to focus on others and to focus on a message that's life-giving and to give it to our community, to love on our neighbors, on our families, on our coworkers, and on our friends. God, I pray that you would poise us for maximum impact in our world right now. All for your glory and your recognition. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Lastly, know that we love you. I love you. And we'll see you next week on Church Online.